Everybody and welcome to this episode number five of the I Am Cool and I Count Comic Works podcast, which I guess is just the name of the show. I think we just decided to give up on coming up with the name. Um, I, of course, am Kuhan, the titular Kuhan. Uh, you may know me as Nimes Diki, other places. Joining me as always is Nerdcore Online's own Ben Castorita, aka the Marvelous Iki. How's it going, Ben? I didn't win the Royal Rumble, guys. The Undertaker choked me out over the top rope. Uh, I didn't. I'm not going to WrestleMania. I'm sorry. I let everybody down. I, I literally have no idea. Like, I know the Royal Rumble happened. I know that much. Uh, like, I, I have an idea of what it is. I have, I know a guy who went. Um, I, that's all I know. I know that. 30, 30, 30 men. And then one. Okay, here's how it starts. Here's how, I'm going to just explain the Royal Rumble to you guys. The Royal Rumble is one of the great, is one of the most fun events of, of wrestling all year round. Everybody looks forward to the Royal Rumble. It's 30 wrestlers. Um,. The f- first two start, so two wrestlers will start. Every, after that, every 90 minutes, no, not 90 minutes, that would be forever. Every 90 seconds, another wrestler will come in up to 30. The last man standing gets a title shot at WrestleMania, which is is, is like going to the World Series or the, the Super Bowl. So, it's and it's also like a lot of like old timers will come back and, you know, people you like rumor, like, Superstars from other companies will come in, and it's a fun time. And I'm missing that because I'm doing this. You're welcome, America. Uh, okay. He's got he's got nothing. All right. Well, uh, I guess let's uh, go straight from that into the news. And uh, there was not much of it this week. Uh, all we really have is Mister One, Mister uh, Black Adam. Appears to be getting his own DC Cinematic Universe or DC DC Extended Universe movie. Kuan, I'm sorry, you have to refer to his actual proper name as African American Adam. Thank I you was, very much. I honestly was going to make that joke, and then I was like, I'm not gonna, and then you did. So thank you for making that stupid joke. You're welcome, America. Wink. Um. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Black Adam. Uh. We we so we've known that uh, Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock, was he at the Royal Rumble? Not that I know of. Um, I've only watched the Rumble or Rumble 2017 up before the Rumble match. For all I know, he won it. For all I know, as of right now, I'm just saying The Rock won the Rumble. And if that actually happens, I'm just gonna be like, holy shit! I, that's that's hilarious. Uh, uh, Royal Rumble champion Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's uh, never won the Rumble before, so why the fuck not? That would be that would be super dope. Uh, I am googling and uh, trying. Don't to find you dare! Out. I'm not gonna tell you. I promise I won't don't, tell you. Okay, I, I won't, swear I won't to God, say, I won't say. I will quit spoil this spoiler. podcast. You, I know you haven't finished it yet. Okay, now I know who wins, uh, and I won't say who it is. Uh, but it's definitely The Rock. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Kuhan's just kidding. Turn on. Wait, why is it okay? The Rock's in the match. Okay, Kuhan was still kidding. Final two men. Okay, Kuan's really kidding. The Rock wins. 
Uh, yes, I would like to book a bus pa- a bus to St. Louis. No, Ch- Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Track down a brown man. <laughs> you know where I work, so um, yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, so Dwayne Johnson. So we we've known for a long time that Dwayne Johnson would be playing Black Adam. It had been rumored for years before there was even a, a movie considered. That was like, oh, how you know, it'd be awesome is if The Rock played Black Adam. And then it was announced that The Rock played Black Adam. It's like, oh, everyone knew, of course, The Rock's playing Black Adam. And we've known this forever. And we've known nothing else about this Shazam movie. <laughs> um, and uh, then it was announced that there will be a Black Adam prequel movie, right? That's what it is, basically. It's Black Adam and then Shazam. More than likely. Either, so I guess it's not a prequel. I'm... I guess Shazam is more a sequel. But they're splitting it into two movies, and the first movie is going to be a Black Adam movie for the most part. Or Tet Adam, I think is his actual name. Right, Black Adam's a superhero name. Teth Adam is his real name. Which is like, all right, I guess that's um, that's a great, great to grand entity. Your name is Adam, and you go by Adam. Right. Yay. Well, I mean, like, okay, I, I think similar to The Rock is, uh, would you say The Rock's bankable? Oh, The Rock is the most bankable. Okay. Uh, the so, Rock, like, like, yeah, so, do, like, Dwayne Johnson sells, sells, t- there's a reason that he's in the Jumanji reboot. Like, Dwayne Johnson. And because he, he's got the charisma, you know, and it'd be interesting to see in an acting role how he plays this, right? Because he hasn't really played a villain like this in a long time. Not as ruthless as Black Adam can be. Scorpion King, I'm sure, like, but that was that was before he was really an actor, and it was 15 years ago. And I'm sure he did yeah. some of the stuff like in the ring in WWE. You would know. Better he has a natural would. charisma about him. Um, right, but like the thing I'm worried about, obviously, because we know Black Adam isn't inherently evil. Like he's more of an anti-hero than anything else. Like mm-hmm. he can be evil, um, and I know he's sided with evil. But like, there's like a there, is there's I, I I've never read too much about his backstory, but I imagine there's like a tragedy a tragedy to him somewhat. Um, I literally I have no idea. Because I all I know is is like he fought like he wants the wizard's power and all that other stuff and. I always assumed there was always a tragic backstory to to Black Adam. I've never got a charismatic vibe from Black Adam. No, he's not. He's very stoic, very, um, very regal. Uh, at least anytime I've read him, he's just like not like posh, but just like very assured of himself, which I think The Rock can do. I'm sure he could, but like we haven't really seen. I guess we kind of have. I think like Fast and Furious, that Rock is kind of stoic. Yeah, I think he can be stoic. I'm sure. I think I think you want a rock who I think you want like a more energetic rock who just naturally plays off his own charisma. But like if playing a role, I think you can carry that his own charisma. Just be like be the leader of the people, the people wherever Black Adam's from. I think it's like um, it's a made up country in the DC yeah, universe. Yeah, the leader of the king of Kondok or the emperor or whatever it is. Um, by the way, this will be the second movie where he's the king of a Middle Eastern country. Was it? Scorpion King. Scorpion King, yeah, I guess. Okay. Egypt and I don't, I don't no, because it was like Mesopotamia, I think, in that area, the sort of Saudi Arabia area. I want, uh, I want Black Adam just whip out a guitar and be like, "It's great to be here in the shitty country of the Mascara." You know, I guarantee you, there's there would be outtakes. You know, what, you know what? If anything, this has me excited of the Rock with like everybody else in the DC universe. You know? Yeah, man. Just uh, playing off of everybody. How how tall is Dwayne Johnson? He's like 6'4". Six, 6'5". Six, He's 6'5". Which, by the way, in the DCEU, is not that tall. Ben Affleck is 6'4". Uh, Jason Momoa, I believe, is 6'5". Yeah. Like, he's he's about average. It's just kind of crazy. He's a big man, though. Oh, he's huge. He's huge. He makes Vin Diesel look tiny, and Vin Diesel is a huge man. 
Yeah. But uh, it's just funny that everyone in the DCEU is so tall. Henry Cavill is only, is only, only 6'1". Uh, ben Affleck. Oh, really? He doesn't ben, look 6'1". Ben Affleck, I believe, is 6'3 or 6'4". Uh, Gal Gadot is 6'11". Or sorry, 6'11". 5'11". 5'11". But they put her in heels, so... She's, she's like also, six, six foot, six one. That ends up like six one, six two. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, it would be interesting, and we don't have an updated timeline on this. We don't know if it's coming out when the Shazam. We don't even know who's out. playing Shazam. That's the thing, right? Is we've known that it's gonna be uh, Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam for a long time. We've had no real clue on what's going on with Shazam. Which might be part of the reason they're pushing it back. You know, we have everybody else cast now for the main roles, at least. I mean, Aquaman is, you know, we have the main roles for Aquaman cast. The main roles of Batman cast, and that's not coming out. We don't even know when that's coming out yet. Supposedly um, next year. Supposedly. But I doubt it. Uh, is, is, have they even, do they even have a script yet? Like, that's the... I think... I know... I don't think they have a script. I know they have their, their roles casted with Batman and Jeremy Irons and Deathstroke as the sure, villain. But, the, but those are all going to be in uh, Justice League. Like, just well, they're done. They're done shooting Justice League already. Though I understand, but all those characters are in Justice League, so of course they have them cast already. They have Deathstroke in Justice League. They have Alfred in Justice League. Wait, Deathstroke in Justice League? Where did you hear this? Uh, that's what Wikipedia says. Okay, well, I mean, guys, remember, Wikipedia is truth. It might not be. It might not be like a major role, but who's the guy? Who's the WikiLeaks guy? What's his name? Julian Assange. Yeah, remember, his information is always correct and not manipulated by a foreign government. Yes, right. I just made a political reference on this show. What up, me? It might not be like a major, major role, but he probably got like a cameo at least. I would. I don't see why. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Fine. I, I'm just saying. This is the first I've ever heard of it. I don't see why Flash had a cameo in Suicide Squad. It wasn't a bad because it's because it's, it's Captain Boomerang. That makes more sense than to have the, him. Why, in why, the why Justice did Batman movie? have a cameo in in Suicide Squad? Because chasing down the Joker and Harley Quinn. But I mean, why did they have the why did they have the cameo in in uh, what's his name scene in in Deadshot scene? That was unnecessary. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they've already. I guess. I guess. Affleck confirmed he's directing. Yes. By the way, we've now moved on to talking about the Batman solo feature, and no longer talking about Black Adam getting his own solo movie. Okay, real quick. In December 2016, he confirmed that it's on track to begin shooting in spring 2017 and will come out in 2018. Okay, there we go. 2018, in theory, we'll see. Um, anyway, Black Adam solo movie. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not, there's not, there's not really much to say about it, right? Besides, because we've, we've known about... Other than it's going to make bank because of The Rock. We've known about Dwayne Johnson for a million years. So, uh, like, this is not, this is not news. Um, the Rock is great. We love The Rock. Uh, I, I'm I'm unsurprised by this that the fact that they that they're doing a Black Adam solo movie because again we don't we knew nothing about the Shazam movie except the fact that Dwayne Johnson is gonna be Black Adam so it kind of makes sense to be splitting it off into two like that. I feel like I love I love that he, but I feel like he could be a better Captain Marvel like adult Captain Marvel. I honestly agree. Like that's because like right? that's got, where he can shine the smiling teeth, the yeah. charisma. The I want to be a good good person. The good the you know that that just want to be a good person that we know the Rock can portray. Right. I, like he's gonna kill it as Black Adam. I wonder. But, if they, like, I wonder if they're trying to dual cast that kind of thing. Like I mean, fuck it, just have him do both. Do the clumps. It just could be, do no, <laughs> the clumps. Do the clumps. Yeah, I like that. That's your that's your point of reference is the clumps. Uh, like it's never been done before. 
No, I'm I'm sure they could. Uh, uh, like I'm sure they could. They could. You know, it could work, right? With like, cause cause you know the the power the power of the magic. Solomon and whatever 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 can can well, make. You know, I'm gonna like, look this. I need to look this up now. It's already making them look different, so it makes sense to make it the wisdom of Solomon, the uh, <coughs> speed of Hermes. I'm looking it up. Keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, but it would it would make sense to have you know all these things also make the dude look the same. You know, if Teth Adam was also kind of a wimpy dude that becomes the Rock, and then and then uh, Billy Batson, same deal. But it's a wimpy dude who becomes the Rock. It, they could even dual cast Teth Adam and uh, and Billy Batson as the same kid. Um, that might be interesting too. I don't know that that you know that might, that might be a bridge too far. But um, yeah. But, uh, by the way, by the way. It is the the uh, the S is the wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom of Solomon, the, I knew. Strength of Hercules. Strength of Hercules. The stamina of Atlas. Okay. The power of Zeus. Zeus. The courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Mercury. Mercury is the the Greek one. Yeah, it's Greek, right? Roman. Well, Roman. Ro- or Roman. Roman. Yeah, 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 Roman. Yeah. Well, it's the, the same. It's the same god. Right. Right. But but Mercury is Hermes. Yes. And Hermes is Greek. That's yes. that was that was my issue. I would also the god of also the god of thieves. Fun um, fact. Anyway, so Drew by the way, is playing that character in Jumanji. Jum- the, the the plot of Jumanji is apparently a bunch of a bunch of kids, uh, like become Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Karen Gillan. And Dwayne Johnson is like a, a like a a little like a nerdy kid, uh, who becomes Dwayne Johnson. Isn't that every nerdy kid's dream? my dream to look to just like wake up like oh shit look how i look yeah dude that would is that i would walk around without my shirt off if i look like the best i already walk around with my shirt off but i'd be i i would do it outside um (laughs) anyway so yeah so dwayne johnson is the best and uh black adam movie coming probably 2019 probably we'll we'll see i hope Um, so should be fun all right let's talk about comic books now and we had a lot of comic books that we wanted to talk about. Uh, first of all, why don't you talk about Saga number 42? Didn't you talk about Saga last time? No, I mentioned Saga in comparison to Descender and how I think Descender is the best sci-fi science fiction book. Well, Saga I wanted to talk about because right, this issue... Savage Dragon. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm, the rumble is waiting for me. I could just easily walk. Uh, this <laughs> yeah, issue made... Rock win. Yeah, <laughs> this issue made me cry. Um, this issue legit is an example. I I can't believe Saga's forty two issues already. Like it just feels like it just started. Then I remember, oh yeah, it started March two thousand twelve. Um, this issue was very emotional. It was and and Kuhan, you'll know what I'm referring to. But an instance of what happens at the end of this issue, which I won't spoil because it's very very spoilery, and I feel I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Is something that hit home to me, uh, and and sort of the consensus is that there's this thing that's swallowing off this planet. Um, this isn't the thing I want to spoil. This other thing is spoiled because by the time you get to it in trade, you'll forget. And uh, this 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 time thing is sucking up this planet, and these race of of, of aliens decide to stay because it's their family and their god will protect them. And the last page is really creepy because it's. Um, this this animal who you befriended for the past five issues is just like pleading for help, pleading for help, um, you know, until he succumbed into the darkness, and it's 
the 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 little girl who's in the story, the daughter of the main two characters, um, basically sort of giving a dialogue on her, um, basically talking about how you just meet people and they're gone. They're just like some people you meet in your life, and out of nowhere, for whatever reason or another, they're gone. And it says that you know, like one uh, one moment the universe presents you with this amazing opportunity for new possibilities, and then it's just black. The last like three or four pages, it's just black. There's no letters page. There's no nothing. It's just emptiness. And I felt sad and depressed and alone. And I think that's a testament to Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' amazing character work and you know, just like the overall message and just just like how good science fiction should always no matter how crazy it is. It has to be relatable in the themes that humanity goes through, or at least be relevant to whatever our society. To me, good science fiction reflects our current day society, so that we can show show us the mistakes we have that we're making, and not in a bad way like Donald Trump knockoffs, because that's easy. Uh, this issue is very punchful and hurtful in all like the ways you want a good story because you've been invested in it for so long. And it's just one of those just like, like where I literally just like, as I was crying, waiting, waiting at the bus stop, just saying, oh, fuck you, Brian K. Vaughn. It's just one of those things. It was just heart. It's heart wrenching. Uh, I'm so glad I'm reading this book. I give it a, I don't, do we do ratings? I don't think we do ratings. Do it, read if you want, man. I don't care. All right. I, I give it a five out of five. It's, it was the best issue I read this week in terms of art, storytelling, and makes a point that long-term storytelling it's still a thing in comics, and uh, I don't ever want this book to end. I don't ever want it to end. I just want to, even though it hurt, it fucking hurt finishing this goddamn book. Uh, but it was still so good. Uh, yeah. I'll hand it off to you now. All right. Well, the best issue I read this week was Hal Jordan and Glantercorn number 13. Just kidding. It was terrible. You can hear me talk about it on the Green Lantern Core cast. <laughs> no. Uh, read read my review at thegreenlanterncore.com where Kuhan violently disagrees with me. I vehemently not violently i didn't violently disagree with you we didn't even have that argument in that chat i i was hoping to have that but you weren't around um but uh yes no you thought it was a middle of the road issue i thought it was actively bad um anyway <laughs> uh, i read um what was the issue oh that's right totally awesome hulk number 15 um and this is uh, an issue that's written by Greg Pak with art by Mahmoud Asrar, um, colors by Woodard out. Forget his first name. Nolan Woodard. And uh, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Petit. Um, Corey Patatatatata. And yeah, so this is the Amadeus Cho book. Um, and it starts off with Amadeus Cho fighting Prince Regent Falcon of Sekinarf 7, uh, and he beats him, calls over Alpha Flight, and he gets, like, a, a telecom, like, hey, guys, I'm, you're running late. It's like, oh, shit, I'll be right there. And it turns out him and a bunch of other heroes are, are, like, telling, uh, they're showing up and, like, telling people to register for bone marrow donation, and I honestly didn't realize that that they were all so it's they're all Asian American heroes. And I didn't realize it until later on when I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They're all they are all Asian American. But at first I was like, 
why do they have like all these D-list heroes, uh, like trying to get people to donate bone marrow? Because it's it's um, Jake O, Agent of Shield, uh, and uh, it's Amadeus Cho, obviously the Hulk, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, uh, Silk, Cindy Moon, Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and Jimmy Wu, head of the Agents of Atlas. And I don't I don't regularly read this book. This is the only this is the first issue of this book I've ever read. Um, and so I just figured Jake O was like a recurring character in this book. I don't know. He might actually be, I have no idea. Um, but they go in, they do the thing and, you know, they, they have, they do a little, show a little spectacle, uh, and, uh, and you see like a little panel of Cindy with like Silk with like a little girl dressed as Silk and Miss Marvel with like a, with like a girl dressed as Miss Marvel and, uh, Shang-Chi like telling people about Kung Fu uh, and then you get like a page of uh, <laughs> this little joke where Jake O asks, um, oh my God, I don't remember these characters' names because I have no idea who most of them are. Uh, Jake O asks Jimmy Woo if anybody ever dresses up as him. And Jimmy Woo was like, dude, I wear a suit. So yeah, like all the dads uh, are dressed as me accidentally. Um, but yeah, I'm going to show his like a little signature. And then they go out like partying and hang out, which is also weird because they're all still dressed in their costumes. <laughs> Except for Amadeus Cho, who de-hulks. Uh, and so they go get some Korean barbecue. And, uh, like, it's just, it's, just, it's just all these Asian-American heroes hanging out and doing Korean barbecue. There's a literal fight over the check. Shang-Chi and Jimmy Woo actually physically fight over the check. Um, which is, like, the stupid thing. And then they go do karaoke. I feel uh, like that's what you and I would do if we had superpowers. <laughs> like, yeah, literally no, just start fighting. Like Shang Chi's like doing kung fu, and Jimmy Woo is like shooting at him with his like blasters. Um, and then they're like, yeah, so they're just sort of hanging out, uh, making fun of Amadeus Cho, and he's like, hey, let's just start a, let's just let's let's be a super team of like of Asian people. And it's like, oh my god, they'd be like, hey, there's Asian people. Is there a kaiju attack? Where's the ninjas? Where's the Mandarin? It's like, no, guys, we're just we're just fighting Mole Man. <laughs> and then uh, the Imperial Guard of Seknarf 7 shows up to uh, tie back into the beginning of the issue, and they're all like, oh, guess we gotta fight these guys and actually do an Asian-American hero team-up. Uh, so, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting little issue, mostly just like a hangout, like, one-off filler hangout issue that does tie in beginning and end of this, of this you know, the fight that I'm sure is gonna come up next issue. But, I, I you know, I think I should be interested in reading this, this team of heroes. Like, I get... On one hand, like it's kind of an, it would be it would be kind of annoying, like oh, are they just hanging out because they're Asian American? On the other hand, it's like, yeah, man. So what if they are? <laughs> like I hang out with Asian American people all the time, and they had that discussion too. They're like, yeah, man. Like uh, Kamala Khan brings up like like how are you guys with like your parents? Like do your parents like want you to do this stuff? And like when does like yeah, my parents want me to date a Methodist uh, Korean lawyer, and she's like, so who are you dating? He's like a Methodist lawyer, but it's a black dude. Um, so uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's an interesting issue. It's an interesting read. Um, art's good. It's written pretty well. Uh, you know, Greg Pak and Mahmoud Asrar, I'm sure, have both dealt with this kind of thing uh, in real life. So it's nice to get it from from uh, that kind of perspective. It's it's nice to get uh, a perspective that that I relate to in comic books uh, sometimes. And actually, they bring that up. They're like they're like, yeah, this is like it's not co- it's not common for people to see people who look like you, who look like us. And, uh, and, and, you know, go out and be superheroes. So it's cool. So they actually address that in it. And it's, it's cool to, uh, to get, to get uh, a perspective that, that feels accurate and feels real in this kind of thing with all these, you know, with the, all these characters who, who 
are indeed uh uh like wouldn't would be going through this stuff in real life and like yeah like there's a there's a very small community of asian american superheroes right like and so like of course they'd hang out and be friends like yeah like they have they have they have different life experiences like i hang out with white people all the time but sometimes i want to hang out with my people because we have a different experience than uh than the other people which is like I I'm cooling off these people cooling off these people because it's uh it's just a different sort of uh sort of environment to be in so yeah of course it makes sense that they do this so your culture uh, picking exactly well yeah I mean yeah and sometimes sometimes just like trademarked by the Marvel Siggy culture you. picking <laughs> trade TM um yeah so it's uh it makes it makes sense and uh, and I would I would recommend the totally awesome Hulk to uh to any anybody reading. I'd say it's probably pretty, it's a pretty accurate depiction of, uh, of Asian Americans. There's some cheesy stuff and there's some like corny stuff in there, uh, and it is a very like a very like slice of lifey issue. But they happen to be superheroes, and also again, I think it's real dumb that they're always wearing their costumes throughout the whole issue, except for except for Amadeus. Uh, every single one of them never changes out of costume, so it's just Miss Marvel hanging out, walking around like wearing a light jacket on top of her Miss Marvel costume, and same with Silk. Uh, which is weird, but otherwise, otherwise it's a pretty good issue. I don't like that Silk has long hair in this. Does she not have long hair anymore? Nope she she cut her hair. She has short hair now, and that irked me when I saw that cover. Whatever, man. I was like, this is wrong. Like, is it so hard to pull up a reference sheet? Like, is that maybe, hard? Maybe it takes place before she cut her hair. Bullshit. It's fine. Maybe she's got like silk hair, fake hair. No, no, she doesn't. I've read her book. She doesn't. Don't tell me about my one of my favorite characters, and the only reason I'm not reading your books is this is part of a shitty Dance Lot Spider-Man crossover. Maybe, maybe, I'm her, maybe her hair grew back out during it the Dance Lot Spider-Man crossover. I know. If it does, that's bullshit. Dance Lot should be fired from his job. Um, let's. Can, can we, or, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's a good issue. Uh, I'll I'll move on. You, you were gonna say? Yeah, I guess I'm reviewing Department H number ten. This is uh, dark, another Dark Horse book. Actually, I think this is the first Dark Horse book I'm, I'm reading reviewing here, I think. Um, uh, this is Department H number 10. The consent, basically, to give you consensus, there it's an underwater facility. This woman uh, has been sent under, to this facility to find out who murdered her father. And this is a, basically a one-shot issue of a flashback that sort of gives you more details about her father and her mother's relationship. Did you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever like have a like idealization of your parents? Because you were too stupid and young to understand that human beings as adults are complex human beings that aren't nearly as perfect as you want them to be, and therefore when you get older and you realize their flaws, it tends to shatter their uh, your image of them at some point, and you just learn to accept their flaws. No, this I actually, issue I actually had that delusion. The uh, you know the the uh, it's the Capgrass delusion where you mm-hmm. think uh, everybody is uh, it's either identical looking imposter. I don't know. I thought everybody was aliens for a long time when I was a kid. Like. Everyone's really? an alien but me. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. It's a weird thing. I got over it. But That's cool. Uh, so basically this issue, um, the dear, uh, she's with um, uh, the main character. She's with her, uh, her father's friend, Roger, who has no legs, um, and tells a story of how basically they were schoolmates. They both met her mother. Um, her fa- They both met her, her mother, and they dated... Uh, Roger and the main character's mother dated for a while, but didn't work out, and she fell in love with, of course, the main character's father. But he basically was the over-obsessive worker type who 
was so focused on his goal that he did not pay attention enough to his kids. He did not pay attention to his wife. In result, um, it basically the you sort of get the tragic that she was in a loveless marriage, that uh, following him around the world was just taxing her, and then uh, and the fact that the main character, when she was a little girl, she got bit by a snake, um, a very venomous snake, and that the uh, the Roger, the guy who has no legs, has legs in the pre- in the in this. Um, uh, is the one to take her to the hospital, and she doesn't know about it until now, and and just sort of sort of understanding that the comedy, like the dichotomy of a complex family, and the strain that it takes when one significant other is putting so much focus on the other, and basically just saying, "Come follow me," and that's it. And she basically collapses, and you sort of see where she's coming from, and sort of. Uh, it's sort of. It's basically her. her, her it's allowing her, like she kind of had separated her father, but sort of tearing down the ideals of her father by reeling that like he wasn't exactly that good of a dude. Like he was kind. Like he wasn't evil, but he was very neglectful when he shouldn't have been. And you know, it was a nice breather issue. It wasn't. Uh, like it didn't progress the story, but it was a nice peek into her world, peek into the world. Because we've gotten peeks into her when she was an adult, uh, in the ser- in the in the first nine issues. But this is the first time we actually get, got to learn more about her relationship with her father, what happened to her mother. Uh, also, her brother's annoying shit, but that's another thing altogether. Uh, and it's and it's written and drawn by Matt Kent, and he has such a unique style that. You're either gonna like it or you're not gonna like it. Um, it's like he he um, sort of like not paints but like draws it and then uses like this really use of like watercoloring to it. Like it's like it's not watercoloring. It's like I don't know how to describe it. Um, if you look at if you just Google a Matt Kit page, um, it looks very unique. Like you can tell what you're looking at. Um, it's very r- raw, and yeah, I like it. And get a four out of five. It's a great mystery. Even though the mystery didn't really progress in this issue, I like the sneak peek into our life. All right. Uh, that was... Uh, what was the name of that book again? De- Department De- H, number 10? Yeah, Department H. All right. Uh, I read Teen Titans, number four. Because, uh, once again, uh, Ben is an uh, indie motherfucker, and I read mainstream shit. <laughs> to be fair... My last book is far from indie, and my last book is n- not not uh, Marvel DC. Um, so I read uh, Teen Titans number four, and uh, so I did read the first three issues right before reading this issue. But I will say, reading this issue, I feel like I could have read it without having read the previous issues, uh, which is great to me. I, I I'm not sure about it because I didn't do it this way because I wanted to read. The, it was only three issues, so I, so I caught up on the book. But, um, which I read all, all of, all of which I read, like, you know, today, like, right in advance of reading this issue. But, uh, but pretty much the whole story is told in the first, like, the story so far is told in dialogue in the first page. It's, uh, it's like, <laughs> literally, the first line is Damian Wayne says, On my 13th birthday, you sent me a letter demanding I come home. Well, here I am, grandfather. Call out the demon fist, spare the Teen Titans, and I'm yours. And that's pretty much all you need to know. It's Damian Wayne is uh, uh is has formed the Teen Titans and um Razal Ghoul called him back to 
to uh, the demons, Infinity Island or whatever, wherever the League of Assassins. He called him back to the League of Assassins like, hey, you have to come back. And Damien was like, nah. And, for, and, the, and so the demon's fist went off to kill the Teen Titans and Damien, uh, Damien and the Teen Titans tried to fight them back. Um, so in this issue, Damien goes to Razzle Gold is like, okay, call off the demon's head, I'll fight I'll fight the demons, or call off the demons' fist. I'll fight them, and if you call them, call them off. Like you know, whatever. Um, so Raza goes like, Ahaha, "It's not that easy, bro. Uh, you're still gonna have to fight them." Like, so uh, Mara, I forget her. I forget this character's name. Mara, yeah, it's Mara. Mara or Mara, who is uh, Damien's cousin. Uh. Bat duels with Damien uh, over whether or not that they, they, you know, if if he wins, then they call out the fight against the Titans. If she wins, then she kills him. Uh, problem solved. Uh, and the Teen Titans are like, "Yo, we have to go. We have to go help him, right? Like, what's going on exactly? Because because they are not really sure if they like Robin yet because they don't like he kidnapped them in the first issue to to be the Teen Titans." So like they're they're a little iffy on Robin. They're a little they don't know each other very well either. But uh but uh Beast Boy is like, look, like I let Tim Drake die. By the way, Tim Drake still not dead. Just everybody in the world thinks he is. Um What does that remind me of? I feel like they did that before that with something else. I don't know. I don't know, they but all I know is something. all I know is uh I like I think even in Nightwing, in in Nightwing issue one or whatever, or not issue one, issue like nine or ten, they're like, Hey, BT dubs, Tim Drake's not dead, but Dick Grayson doesn't know that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the Teen Titans, who are, uh, Beast Boy, Starfire, Kid Flash, which is Wally West, which is the younger Wally West, which is the black Wally West, uh, and, um, and Raven are, along with Damien, are the Teen Titans, and, uh, they're like, yeah, we gotta go save Damien, and so Damien fights Mera, he wins, but he doesn't kill her, and so she stabs him in the back with the dagger that... Used... Why is Damian Wayne fighting Aquaman's wife? Mar- Mara, I, look, we're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she stabs in the back with the the, the the dagger that he had earlier used to to permanently scar her eye. The Titans arrive on the island, and uh, the demons fist for like the anti Titans um, are like you know they they have Damian kidnapped, and then at the very end of the issue, the Titans are, are breaking Damian out of the cell he's in. Uh, it's a perfectly good issue. It's a perfectly good Teen Titans story. These four issues so far, I was really impressed by the fact that I again feel felt like I could have just jumped on in this issue and I wouldn't have been very lost, like a little confused, slightly confused. Um, but uh, but you know not more than I should be, like easy you know easy enough to truck through. Um, again in, in part four of a story, I'm not I, I I don't feel like I should be able to get everything right away. But I think even if I hadn't read the issues, I would have been like okay, I get what's going on. Um, and, uh, and that to me is one of the marks of a good, uh, of a, of, of an ongoing comic book, right? Like a, a mini series. If, if I'm confused between issues one and six, fine. An indie book, even if I'm confused between issue, like if I'm confused with issue 42, fine. But, uh, an ongoing DC Marvel comic book, I should not be confused if I pick it up at issue four or, or issue 15 or issue 35, you know, like people start reading those books every single day. Uh, and you should you, like I can't be expected to go back and read twenty thirty years of history. So the fact that I felt like I could have picked this up right away, I think, was pretty good. This, by the way, is written by uh, Benjamin Percy with uh, uh, pencils by uh, Koi Fam, uh, inks by Wade Von Grawbad. Oh, Koi Fam's drawing. I like Koi Fam. Yeah, I think a different artist has drawn every issue of this book so far. 
Um, yeah, orig- originally the main, and the reason why I dropped the book, I read the first, the Rebirth issue and the first issue, and the reason I got it was because the artist originally was named John Boy Myers, and yeah. he had this very sort of animated look to it, yep. and then I learned he was dropped off the book, I was like, well, rip this book, uh, I don't care about Teen Titans that much. Well, yeah, what's interesting though is, is that the art styles have all matched, like, uh, the art fa- the art styles have not really changed from the first, the first uh, John Boy Myers said. Um, like uh, it's it's a little different. Uh, but uh, but it's it's been like in the within the same sort of style. Um, definitely, definitely, you can see a difference. And I actually wasn't a huge, huge fan of the John Boy Myers style. Uh, I do care about the Teen Titans, which is why I read this book. You're more of an X Men guy. Um, because uh, I know that was the big thing back in the '80s or whatever was X Men versus Teen Titans. I don't know why. Like those don't seem like too well. They were the, they were just the two biggest friends. Like X Men was the best Marvel comic. Teen Titans was the best yeah. best selling, most popular. They were just the most popular. But I think I think the art in all of these issues has been pretty good. Uh, Fam drew issues three and four, by the way. Um, so so he might just be the regular artist on this book now. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely been. Uh, of between four issues having three artists, a little weird. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think this is a good issue, and and I'm really glad. I don't know, maybe maybe uh, maybe other writers, other comic writers, should be taking cues from Benjamin Percy about how to write ongoing comic books. Because again, I feel like I could hand issue four to somebody who hasn't read a Teen Titan comic book in five years, like I hadn't. Uh, and they would not be lost. And even, even though, like, literally everything that happens in this book has nothing to do with any previous Teen Titans anything ever. Uh, it's not, you know, there's a little bit of, like, da- you know, like, like Wally West stuff. Like, okay, you know, you gotta know who some of these characters are in the DC universe. And in issue three, we have a nice little, a nice, or in a previous issue, we had a nice little thing where, like, you know, Damien's like, well, I got this stuff in my past. And I was like, Starfire's like, well, my sister, like, tortured me. And Raven's like, yeah, my dad's a demon. And uh, Kid Flash is like, uh, my uncle slash dad slash uh, Daniel West is uh, like reverse Flash and tried to murder all of Central City. So like, I get it. Your grandpa is Ra's al Ghul, but we all got some shit, bro. Um, so yeah. Uh, overall, Teen Titans, good book. Issue four, good issue. Uh, and that is the book that I read here. Uh, so before we move on, I will say real quick. Um, I wanted to do like a segment every every week or every couple of weeks uh, where we do a number one, where I do a number one. I, I didn't I did not discuss this with Ben beforehand, but uh, it was going to be something where could, because there's always a new number one comic book. There's always new new stuff starting, whether it's a mini series or a new ongoing series. There's always new number ones, and uh, and I think you know it's it's a good way to like start comic books, get us into new comic books. I've been reading all the same stuff, and I wanted to start talking about new stuff. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's start talking. Up, like, I'm gonna start picking up random number one issues and uh, and seeing whether they're worth talking about. And uh, Ben also picked up a number one issue this week and is talking about it. So again, there was no discussion of this beforehand. We just both happened to pick number one issues. So this is this is our number one corner or whatever new new comic book corner. Number one section. Number one. Sure, we'll come up with a name for it. Or number one in the stands. Number one on the spinner rack. Number despite that nobody under the age of 27 knows what a spinner rack is. I know is. what a spinner rack is. You don't count. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, I, revu- I reviewed. Spinner I read... Spinner still exist. Sorry. Anyway. They kind they kind of do. Uh, but not in the context of what we're talking about. No, they, I mean, um, they have, like, magazines on them. 
Who reads magazines anymore? Uh, they don't read the magazine, but they see them on the spinner racks. Okay, whatever, whatever. Uh, I'm reviewing Com- the Commandi Challenge number one of twelve. Now, this is uh, for interesting fact. This is the if if he was still alive this year, it's the hunt would be the hundredth birthday. I don't know what his actual birthday is. Go on, look that up for me, please. Um, Kirby. Okay, uh, if if Jack Kirby, yes, was a hundred, was was, uh, was still alive it, this year, would be his hundredth birthday. I don't know exactly. August twenty August twenty eighth. So August twenty eighth would be hundred years of Jack King Kirby, uh, one of the greatest, possibly the greatest storytellers of all time. Fun Does fact: mean, August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three, is the day that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers premiered. Thank you for that pointless on, segment. On, that doesn't get on what would have been Jack Kirby's eighty uh, fourth birthday. You know, the rumble's just waiting for me, right? Um, so this is the Kamani Challenge. This is a basically a vanity project 70, done by 76. DC. Huh? Sorry, I said it would have been a 76th birthday. Continue. Okay. Uh, it's put by DC. This is sort of like a... Uh, it's a it's a larger in size issue. So if you've never... I'll say this. If you've never read Kamandi like I have, I I have you probably have seen the character. You have maybe, you know... But you don't, probably don't know anything about it. There's not a lot of com- modern Kamandi stuff. A lot of people like Kamandi, uh, but there's not a lot. Uh, you can pick up this issue. You get his origin, and you get what his world's about. You get everything you need to know about Kamandi's first issue. Now, what makes this series unique is that this isn't just a typical 12-issue Kamandi series. It's called the Kamandi Challenge because each issue is done by a different writer-artist. Now, no, hold on. Stay with me for a second. At the end of every issue, each of the challenge is basically for the writer and artist of that particular issue to leave it a cliffhanger, and then the next writer and artist have to pick it up, and they have to solve, they have to figure out a way for Kamani to get out of it. So basically, it's a game of one-upsmanship between these these uh, significant creators. Uh, so in this first issue, we get a, we get the origin story, which is done by Dan DiDio and um, Keith Giffen, who is the only artist who I believe can replic- even draw close to what Drak Kirby did. It's nothing like Kirby, but like it's the closest you're gonna get, uh, and it's very fun. Uh, it's a very fun comic book with anthropomorphic animals. Uh, and the second uh, and the second story is done by Dan Abnett and Dale Eaglesham, and it's just Dale Eaglesham's art is good. It's a post-apocalyptic world, but it's not. Like, you know, Kuhan, whenever they do, most a lot of people do post-apocalyptic stories, it's very gloomy, and it's lot, lock, not a lot of color. Yeah. Like, it's very lack and lack. This is very vibrant. This is very... Like, just because we died doesn't mean everything else around us died. Um, That's actually my, one it, of my favorite songs is uh, Talking Heads, Nothing But Flowers. Yeah. Uh, where, where, like, it's kind of a post-apocalypse, but because of the post-apocalypse... A bunch of plants grew. Like, there's no more Pizza Huts, but there's like plenty of flowers everywhere. Like, hey, look, there's mountains and rivers and a peaceful oasis. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and basically, um, humans have de-evolved. Animals have evolved to have intelligence, and they're using modern, te- like our technology, as ancient as war weapons. And they find a nuclear warhead. Like these different tribes, like animal tribes, are at war with each other. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Like, it's just... It's the stuff you can only get in a comic book. You know, giant animals, big action scenes, a nuclear blast that's going to destroy everything. And so, yeah, that's... the, the I, I recommend if you've never read Kamandi and you want something unique, uh, like... And, and again, the issue ends with the, the a nuclear uh, warhead being uh, 
turned on countdown and it's up to uh uh peter tomasi and i'm assuming it's neil adams because uh, it just says Adams at the end, and it could be uh, God. There's another Adams that I know. I mean, Arthur it, Adams. It could be someone besides Peter Tomasi. Does it just say Tomasi? It could be like Greg. Tomasi. Be, let's 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 be real here. It's Peter Tomasi. Let's be real here. I wish um, it was, I wish it was Gleason. I get I get that. Like it'll be, he's too busy with Superman. I get it. I get that right. But like Tomasi Gleason is like the best team. I know. They're so good together. So uh, but yeah, uh, I highly encourage you to pick up the commodity challenge. Uh, try the first issue. You'll see if you like it. And if you like the print, the, the 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 hook, the gimmick of it is the one-upsmanship of the of the of the, of the, of the writers and the artists. Basically, like, well, get out of how do you get out of this? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I it was very it was very very fun. And, and I'm speaking as somebody who has never ever read commodity. Uh, yeah, I I I definitely after seeing like Ben was like pick this up so I picked it up I haven't read it yet but I picked it up um I did read however my number one this uh this episode uh was Back to the Future Biff to the Future issue one of five (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't I I made that joke in before the show so we wouldn't do it during the show and you did it anyway uh so this is the story of how uh, Biff Tan... Of how my life could turn upside down. So this is a story all about how Biff's life turned uh, upside down. Downside up, I guess. Um, upside down uh, for... Uh, so it's when uh, old Biff travels from 2015 to 1955 with the Sports Almanac to give to his 15, 18-year-old self. And we uh, we get the story basically. Uh, this, it's a, I believe it's a five-issue miniseries. And it's uh, about how Biff Tannen becomes... Uh, 1985 Biff Tannen. So if you've never seen Back to the Future uh, or Back to the Future Part 2, this is basically um, the al- this is this is how the alternate timeline for Back to the Future Part 2 came to be. Uh, so it, it does start with the scene from Back to the Future 2 where old Biff is giving the sports almanac to, to young Biff, uh, but Marty is not there in this issue uh, because this is this is that version of the timeline. This is that alternate 1985 timeline. Uh, so it's, it's a story, you know, it's, it's just, it's apparently Biff's grandma is a gambler, took him to the casino. He had the book on him. He's like, all right, I guess I'll put a bet on, on this team. His, he can't do it. His grandma put the bet for him. She bets on the wrong team. So he makes her re-put the bet on a different, on, on a different game. She keeps all the money. So this random dude goes like, Hey, I'll help you out with the grandma. And he goes and fucking murders Biff's grandma. (laughs) Um, and steals the money, gives some of it to Biff, and then is like, hey, I'll put some more money on something else. Uh, don't worry, I'll give you my keys so that uh, I don't, so that you know that I'm not uh, shorting you the cash. And then he knocks Biff out, steals the thing. You see that he killed his grandma, uh, and he's about to kill Biff, and then Biff wakes up and kills the dude. And, like, legit, you see, like, it goes, crunch and you see the blood splatter on biff's face like it is weirdly gory for uh, a back to the future comic book so he takes all the money and then like fakes his grandma's death uh and like cremates her uh and then tries to uh doink lorraine baines uh who is marty mcfly's mom uh gets expelled from school is like fuck you walks away uh pranks the principal and then it cuts to two years later on his 21st birthday uh where he's like where you see the the shot from back to the future part uh, part two 
of him winning his first million dollars at the horse races. Uh, and, uh, and that's where the issue ends. And he says, I'm going to Hollywood next. And that's the end of the issue. Um, it's an interesting issue. It is written by Bob Gale, uh, St. Louis' own Bob Gale, uh, and Derek Friedolfs. Uh, Bob Gale, by the way, who did write the uh, original Back to the Future movies with art by Alan Robinson, uh, inks by Alan Robinson and, and uh, Jaime Castro, colors by Maria Sant- Santaolala. Uh, 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 Go on, what did I tell you about making things up? Look, Mal Duncan is a very real character. <laughs> Guys, I think I need to talk to Kuhn about stop making up characters. Um, anyway, it's an interesting issue. The art style is also uh, pretty interesting. You know, it's 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 not uh, nothing really to write home about. Not like a regular comic book, but it's it's just a sort of cartoony, cartoony art style. Uh, sort of fits in with the Back to the Futureness of it. Uh, the characters look like the characters from the movies when they should, uh, and look like original characters when they should look like original characters. Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, it's an interesting book, and, and I'll probably keep reading it, you know? That, that was the sort of the point of this segment, is that I, I, I would pick up books and maybe keep reading them if I thought they were any good. And yeah, I don't know, it's, it's interesting sort of to read this, uh, this uh, alternate, alternate Back to the Future timeline. Like, we, see the, we get to see the beginning of it, and we get to see the 1985 of it, but we don't really get to see what happens in between. So that's, uh, that's one of the things that... Uh, and so this is an IDW book, it's the kind of thing that IDW sort of does is uh is you know fill in the gaps of of what happens in random you know random universes they did uh, no dark horse did the star wars comics but they did kind of stuff like star wars eu type stuff so uh so we have uh we have that in this issue of back to the future biff to the future issue one it's nothing like amazing or anything but i'll probably keep reading it uh donald trump <laughs> god damn it I, I didn't want to do go political is all um the fucking, the fuck, the fucking book. His character, Biff's original characterization, is based, is on based off Trump. of Donald. Yeah, no, you're Trump. right. It's based on Donald Trump. That's true. That is absolutely accurate. Um, all right. Uh, is that it? Do we have anything else to want to talk about? Uh, yeah. Theory. T- it's 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 theory time. I'm not gonna make that a thing. Theory time. It's time to. I can't do it. Theory time. 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 So, Star Wars, uh, Disney officially revealed a uh, official title for Star Wars Episode Eight. It's called Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Theory, who is The Last Jedi? I'll let you go first, Kuan. Luke Skywalker. It's Kylo Ren. Luke Skywalker's already The Last Jedi. But Kylo Ren, though. Okay, but, like... Or it could be Rey, considering she's going to be trained to be I one. I get it, right? And Jedi, by the way, is also the plural of Jedi. Yeah, people were freaking out. that, like, oh my god, spoilers. I'm like, you idiots. But, like, it's fine. Like, you know who was the last Jedi in Episode 7? It's Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. There's already, there was yeah. already the last Jedi. It was Luke Skywalker. So it's not a spoiler or anything. But, but Kylo Ren, though. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah, I know, I know. So do you think this means? Do you think? Do you think this confirms his death? No. Considering not at all. No. No. Once again, uh, Jedi is the plural of Jedi. It's very possible that uh, there's that another. It's just there's like, another. That, that just Luke is like that. Maybe maybe Ray is like I don't want to be a Jedi. I'm going to do my own thing, not Jedi. Um, or or like that should have, that should have episode eight where like Luke offers to change. You know what? I'm okay. Thanks. Chewie. Let's go um yeah it's just it doesn't you know it doesn't seem like it's necessary like necessarily anything i don't know we'll we'll see what it what it winds up being 
But um, yeah. that movie comes out in in eleven months. Yes, it does. Pre-order your tickets now, because if you thought Force Awakens or Rogue One were crazy, Episode Eight, you're gonna have to pre-order your tickets in July. Uh, yeah. Except, except they probably won't open till October. Uh, they, they in for Force Awakens, they opened in October, and I bought them like within like as soon as they as soon as they came out, and I still couldn't get it until the seven ten show. Uh, for this, I am. Oh man, I don't even. It's gonna be worse. Yeah, and I'm gonna be working because now theater? people actually know, like, are like, "Hey, Star Wars is good again." I don't know, man. I might buy tickets. You, I'm, I'm gonna, you I'm gonna, to... I might buy tickets to this. Can you just buy tickets for me? <laughs> like, so I don't have to do any heavy lifting. Uh, yeah, bro. Guys, convince Kuhan. Use the hashtag tickets for Iggy to get uh Kuhan. To get me Star Wars Episode 8 tickets so I that way I can just go. Because you know what I miss? I miss waking up on a Monday morning when I go to the movies. Go to 11 a.m. showing and just walking in. But AMC wants to be all dictatorship. Like, no, you must sit here and only here. Despite those empty seats, you must sit here. Okay, but you... Because you, you chose them. You chose the seats. I should have to choose. I should buy the ticket. I'll sit where the fuck I want okay. if I'm there early. Just, just choose, like... Choose, like buy early and then unlike pay. most people i'm i'm a reasonable person i show up an hour before the movie starts so i can get good seats no matter what the movie Man, i get i get uh, yeah it it does suck it sucks when people roll in an hour early and i'm like sorry it's, it's sold out sorry yeah that's yeah that's bullshit let me see you. let me sit where i want to sit you could this is america god damn it you, you can't sit where you want to sit you I shouldn't have to pre-order receipts. Pick it was advance. never a thing before. Pick them in advance. Right, it's not that hard. No, f- not no that fuck hard. that. I should be able to walk to any theater. Literally walk to any theater. And it's like, I would like a ticket to Star Wars Episode Eight, please. Is there showing open? Yes, you're an hour and a half early. Okay, cool. Take a seat where you like. Thank you. Arigato. For some reason, I spoke Japanese for a second. I don't fucking know turn why. Turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. I'm just saying, man. This is why like, I don't like giving AMC my money. Cause I don't want to be. I don't. I'm not. In, I'm not in elementary school. I'm not in high school. I don't need a signed seating. So. I want to sit. I have a particular seat where I like to sit it's, in the theater. Yeah. And so you're just pick you're it. Den- no, no. You're denying me that the choice is walking versus. A, if you have a particular seat you like to sit in the theater, then just pick it. It's not. No, but what if it's if it's taken though? And I showed up an hour early. That's bullshit. Buy it on your phone in advance. No, fuck that. I should be able to not have to do that. I should just be able to walk to the theater. I don't, why do you want to have more human interaction? Because I, I unlike unlike some people my age, I occasionally like talking to the clerk and making them have a nice day. Oh yeah, you know you know what they don't like is talking to you. Well, they should get fucking fired. There you go. <laughs> Booyah. Give me my free popcorn, Gladys. Look, man, we'll uh. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you all all you want. We won't like it, but we'll do it. <laughs> this has been Adventures in Retail, starring Kuhan and and the Marvelous. By the way, yeah, Let's yeah. Get... How much do you love talking to people at Walmart? <laughs> I love talking to smart people and not dumbasses who don't who who can't get their money back. Look, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, I told you four times that A is the front row, and you're going to come back to me and ask me to change seats? I'll do it, but I told you four times. You're like, oh, we thought it was the back. Yeah, well, how about when I told you four times you're going to be right in front of the screen? To be fair, that layout is really fucking confusing. Okay. Because when I looked at when I looked at it first, it looks like the way it's structured, A is in the, A is in the, A is in the back. I don't, the, I don't, 
I don't blame you for that. If you buy online, it's like, oh, haha, man, it happens all the time. You won't do it next time. Fine. But when you're standing in front of me and I tell you three times, that's on you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, that's that's your own fault. By the way, it also says if you're not if you're not in the theater, it says screen on top. If you are in the theater, then I told you already. So either way, it's on you. But fine, fine. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Not, a, but not if I'm in front of you and I told you six times. That's the front. <laughs> That's the front. You're okay with the front? Front's okay. All right. Here's the front. Oh, hey, you're back. Oh, you wanted the back? Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I told you. It's what it's what I told you. Ah, uh, I have a graphic novel I want to talk about. <laughs> it's quick. It's no, quick. No, no, it's. Go ahead. I I read, and this is probably gonna be the last one for a while because I'm actually reading actual grown adult books now. Um, uh, I'm I read the the first book of the X Men Onslaught Saga, the sort of saga that sort of reset the Marvel Universe in the late '90s. Uh, good ideas in that Professor Xavier basically represses all his hate, basically seeing uh, a anti a racist white man come into the presidency and trying to ban a certain type of people because they're different and dangerous and potentially dangerous from him. Um, and all the failures, all the deaths, and basically his own psychic energy creates this entity that looks like a dumb 90s costume. Um, so the ideas are there, but the art is bad and the X-Men, half the X-Men look stupid and Jean Grey is sex is like, basically, Jean Grey, anytime Jean Grey is in a panel, but, 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 titillating, titillating. It's just like, yeah, this is this is why I don't miss the nineties. Like stuff like this is why I don't miss the nineties. Uh, good ideas, but horrible execution. Mark Wade wrote some of this. Funny enough. So, uh, what was this again? X Men Onslaught, Onslaught, book one. Yeah, don't don't like it's not. It's not bad. If you're curious, check it out. Um, if you can get it for cheap, but if if skip it. If, otherwise, if you're not curious, I'm curious because I've, I've never read it. I've just heard bad things. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for me. But seriously though, why don't you just tell me? Like it's it's super confusing, and I should be able to sit where the fuck I want to sit. Just, if I show look, it's not that hard. You buy your tickets in advance, and then you can sit no, wherever you want. No, I shouldn't go. have to buy my tickets in advance. I should be able to if I'm up there an hour and a half early, and I want the big screen. I should be able to just walk in and sit here and not have some little snuppity usher come tell me, excuse me, sir, you can't sit there because it's the same thing in me. No, fuck that. I'm here early. It's, Those it's, fuckers. You pick, it's not hard to pick your seat. It's not hard no. to pick your seat. No, it's not hard to pick your seat. I shouldn't have to pick my seat. I pick my seat when I show up an hour early and the fools who are not there an hour and a half early, that's their fault. All right, but they all they all picked their seat an hour and a half. It should be for it was you know what first come first serve worked, worked forever before. Yeah, I, it was I, never and a problem. I, and I came first on amctheaters.com or fandango.com or movietickets.com or whatever.com. Right, but even if you pre, even if you bought your tickets early, you still had to show up early. I still had the the chance of sh just showing up early and getting a ticket and sitting in because most people wait till the last five minutes and when they walk into the trailers and in which case then I want to slap the shit out of them and be like get it it's, shut up oh there's a there's definitely uh like I I, I, I definitely am, am near completion every time someone comes in and they try to buy tickets to a sold out show ten minutes after 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 it started and they're like wait it's sold out I'm like well yeah it started at 340 and it's 350 now and the movie came out yesterday and it's the biggest movie of the weekend so Maybe you shouldn't have shown up 10 minutes late. <laughs> Maybe.
Maybe that's on this you. Is special, this is a special place in hell where people show up at the last minute. Uh, just just, just so you know, both Fandango and AMCTheaters.com say screen where the screen is. So, so Fair enough. So, but I, as an American, believe if, I, if, a, if a customer shows up early, it should be first come, first serve. None of this pre-ordering. You can pre-order your ticket. That doesn't guarantee you a seat. Show no, up. Yes, it does. If I pay money, no, it should, if I pay money, I should be guaranteed a spot. No, you show up because just because you you buy a ticket doesn't mean like oh that that gives you the incentive to be lazy, to like oh I, I'm guaranteed a spot. No, it's first come first serve. You get your ass there. Yeah, I first come first serve. Somebody else I is paid. Gonna... I paid first, so I should have first choice. All right, we're done. We're gonna keep going. For when I hours. buy my when I buy my ticket a week in advance, I should have a better spot. I should be able to choose a better spot than the guy who buys a ticket now in advance. I'm there first. I'm at the physical location there first. So I therefore, paid, uh, I gave my money first. I would be yeah, I would be first. at the physical location three hours in advance if it, if they let me in first. Mm-hmm. Some AMC of, is, some being of us, an, is being some, un-American. Some of us don't it's have un-American. infinite time. We all have we all have other things to do. We're not gonna roll into every fucking movie theater an hour in advance just to wait to get sit somewhere. Well, go get something to eat. Go play the arcade. You're there. You're right there. You're right there. It's not hard. But but we're turning into animals. And the reason why you know you know you want to know why America's gonna go down the toilet? Right, we're doing it's not we're because turn, we're turning into animals because we're fighting over movie seats instead of just picking in advance and sitting where we we're assigned to sit. You, you pick not up fighting over here. anything. Okay. You're you're here. There's nothing to fight over. I'm here early. By the way, you're here say, late. I will say they're actually we I we almost had to break up a legitimate fight over seats last week. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> there was a see assigned seats cause problems versus first concern. You come in. Oh, somebody's sitting there already. Okay, I guess I'll find another seat. Versus. Assigned seating bullshit. All right, let's let's just go. Let's go. That does it for I'm this done. edition of the Comic Books Podcast. <laughs> what are your thoughts on assigned seating in movie theaters and how com- and how un-American it is for AMC to you do this? You can email us comics at imkuhan.com. Uh, tweet us individually. I am at kuhan. Uh, ben is at marvelous iggy. Uh, I am that. You can find me at imkuhan.com. Find the show at imkuhan.com/comics and this and all my other shows at just the regular imkuhan.com. You can find Ben's writing at nerdcore.online or marvelousiggy.wordpress.com where he has some of his other stuff. Uh, the Mighty Warriors 3 Marvels podcast is back! Uh, and that is at warriors3pcast and warriors3podcast.wordpress.com? The Mighty uh, Warriors3.wordpress.com, yes. The Warriors3.wordpress.com? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Warriors3.wordpress.com. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure I created that URL and I totally forgot about it. Um... And uh, that, I believe, is all the things we have to say uh, about uh, about how great assigned seating is. That's gonna do it for this edition of uh, I'm gonna come hashtag first podcast. come first serve hashtag uh, first come first serve seating <laughs> reserve seating. You can until next time read more comic books. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel.